In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. There's been some things over the last couple of months I've been asking the Lord to help me with for preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel and some things I've been asking him about and and sometimes I get, I'm like, what are you trying to do, Lord? Every time I work at something, you want to kind of move it around. And he's just reminding me that he's in charge and that he's the one that leads the way. So we got a few minutes here, and uh, I want to share with you something that God has laid on my heart for us this morning, for this time that we're together. Uh, I'm going to maybe cut it short here just a little bit for the sake of time, but I just want to tell you today that you need to continue to do what you've already been doing this morning, and that's you need to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. That's, that's the title of my message today, Focus on Jesus. Look to your neighbor and say, Focus on Jesus. Come on, focus on Jesus. Don't, don't, don't focus on your problems and, and don't focus on another person. You, you focus on Jesus. And that's what we need to do. That's the, that's the thing that we need to do every day in our life, friend. I, I heard in a, in a movie recently there was a statement made wanting to know if there was enough evidence in your life to convict you as a Christian. I can't remember uh, what movie it was, but when I heard that, I thought, man, is there enough evidence in my life that would convict me as a Christian? And can somebody look at me and, and then interview me and interview my, my, my uh, friends and my family and my work, co-workers and my neighbors, and, and would there be enough evidence to, to say that I've been with Jesus? Would there be enough evidence to say that I'm a follower of Christ? And I ask you the same question this morning that the Lord asked me. If you were being investigated today, would, would there be enough evidence to convict you that you are a follower of Christ and that you have been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? Because Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. We find that recorded in the Gospel of Mark. And Mark tells us that we need to uh, be with Jesus. Listen, you, you need to make that your number one priority, friend. Listen to me. Nothing else comes above him. Seek first ye the kingdom of God and then all things else. Seek Jesus first. You need to be with him. Listen, if you're here today and you want to know what God's assignment is for your life, you need to be with Jesus. If you're here today and you need some wisdom on going forward with a decision that you got to make, guess what? You need to take time to be with Jesus. If you're here today and, and your world's flipped upside down and you're going through a storm and you don't have no peace on the inside, guess what? You need to be with Jesus. You need some joy in your life? Be with Jesus. You need some power to keep going so you can endure to the very end? You need to be with Jesus. Listen to what Jesus, or listen to what Gospel Mark says here that Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those who himself he wanted and they came to him and then Jesus, he appointed 12, the 12 disciples. And it says he appointed them that they might be with him. They might be with him. That's the desire of the Lord. He wants to be with you, and he wants you to be with him. 
And it says that when you're with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have power and to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Here's what I'm trying to say to you, friend. If you'll take time to focus on Jesus, if you'll take time to be with Jesus, there's going to be some evidence to show up in your life that you've been with him. Jesus said, listen, he says, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And so I go back to the question again. Can people look at your life and can they tell that you've been with Jesus? The Bible says that you can. The Bible says that you can look at somebody's life and you can tell that they've been with the Lord. And, and that's what Jesus was uh, doing here when he brought those 12 with him. He sent them out and there was evidence that they had spent time with him. And there's no greater illustration than what we find with the early followers of Christ in the book of Acts. And, and I'm going to try to get through this uh, here pretty quick so we can uh, have some time around the altar to pray as the Lord leads us. But if you want to see the evidence in the lives of somebody that's been with Jesus, look in the, uh, Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, and you can tell somebody that's been with Jesus. You can look at somebody's life and you can tell who they've been with. You, you can look at somebody's life and you can tell when they've been with the TV because they can tell you everything there is to know about ESPN and they can tell you everything there is to know about Young and the Restless. And, and I can tell you everything you need to know about Young and the Restless. The same thing that was happening 10 years ago is still happening today. And it's all trash. I just made somebody mad. Hallelujah. Amen. You can tell by looking at somebody if they've been with Jesus. And here's where I come with this illustration. Out of the Gospels, or out of uh, chapter 4 of Acts, you know, if you remember the story, Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray. And while they're on the way to the temple to pray, they encounter a man who was crippled and he's there. The Bible says he's brought there uh, day by day by others to uh, beg outside the temple gate. And when Peter and John have an encounter with this man, uh, the man is healed in the name of Jesus. And there's a great crowd that comes around. And, and Peter, man, you got to love Peter. Anytime a crowd's around, he's like, let me have at it. I can preach. And so Peter started preaching, and, and he was preaching the gospel, and, and it says that I think 5,000 people were saved. What a great work that was done that day. But guess what? There was a religious crowd that didn't like what was going on, and they came there because they were upset that Peter and John were using and teaching and the name Jesus. <clears throat> and I want to pick up here and read to you in uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. This is when they've uh, come, the, the religious leaders, I, I call them the religious mob, a man-made religion. They've come there and they've, uh, to question Peter and John. And it says in verse 1, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. And they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. If they'd have came in here this morning, they'd have been mad. Because we've been proclaiming that Jesus is alive. And so that's what these people were upset about. They were upset that they were proclaiming that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And so what did they do? The Bible says that they seized Peter and John uh, and it was evening time. So they put them in jail until the next day. 
And many people heard the message that Peter preached and believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. And the next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem and Annas. The high priest was there, uh, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. And they had Peter and John brought before them and they began to question them. By what power uh, or what name do you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said to him, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed today. And he is, talking about Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone or the cornerstone. And Peter said, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men, which we must be saved. And when, listen to this, here it is right here. When these religious leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note, and listen to what he said, that these men had been with Jesus. <laughs> they had been with Jesus. And listen to me, friend, there's no greater compliment in the world than for somebody to look at you and say, I can tell that brother or I can tell that sister, I can tell that they've been with Jesus. And it reminds us today that there is some evidence that will point uh, and, and show people that we have been with Jesus. And I want to just walk back into chapter 3 and I want to submit to you the evidence that will declare that we've been with Jesus. The first piece of evidence that we can see in chapter 3 of Acts that I submit to you today is that those that have been with Jesus will have compassion. Those that have been with Jesus will have compassion. Here's what I mean. Peter and John, they're on their way to the prayer meeting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And while on their way, they encounter this man who's crippled from birth. And he's laid there at the entrance of the temple every day to beg for money. And when the, the Bible says that when the crippled man saw Peter and John, he began to ask them for money. And Peter and John, what did they do? They stopped and, and they looked at the crippled man that was begging for money. And Peter said, I want you to look at us. He says, look at us. He said, Peter said, listen, I don't have any money. I don't have no silver or gold. But what I have, I will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You get up and you walk. Man, what a powerful, powerful demonstration of compassion. Because listen, Peter and John, they were showing compassion because they stopped to help this man. He was helpless and he was hopeless. And Peter and John took time to stop and to give him what he needed. He needed Jesus. And friend, if you truly have compassion and you truly love people, whether they want to hear it or not, you'll still share the love of God with them. I had a meeting about two weeks ago in my office with this gentleman. He doesn't come to church here and his world's been... Uh, just really upside down for quite some time now and, and he wanted to meet and, and uh, he was talking through some things and I was just basically listening to him and, and 
You're talking about a man that's been crippled in life. This man's got a lot of things going on. And when he finished talking, I looked at him and said, I'd like to pray for you. And you know what he said back to me? He says, I don't want you to pray for me. And my first instinct was like, man, what in the world's going on? That This man doesn't even want me to pray for him. But you know what? The love of God, the compassion of God kicked in. And I guarded my office door where he couldn't get out. And I just began to stand there and I was like, let me just tell you this, man. You may not want me to pray for you, but I want to remind you that Jesus loves you. Listen, I know you're broken. I know you're hurt. I know you're suffering. But I want you to know that he loves you regardless of what you're going through in your life. And friend, we got to have the compassion of God. Even when people are just crippled by things in this world, we got to show compassion. And Peter and John, they had compassion because they had been with Jesus. They, they had seen Jesus when, when he had compassion on people who were without a shepherd and Jesus went to lead them and teach them about the kingdom of God. They were with Jesus when, when he looked upon the uh, sick with compassion and it says that everybody who was brought to him was healed. They were with Jesus when he looked at the hungry who had no food and Jesus, the Bible says, would move with compassion and he fed the hungry. They were with him and because they were with him, they had the heart of God. They had his compassion. And friend, let me just tell you, when you study the life of Christ, you'll see that compassion will move you to do something. Compassion is just not feeling sorry for somebody and saying, I wish it would change for them. No, compassion is about moving in their direction and doing something to make a difference. That's God's compassion, that we would move in a way that we could love people who are helpless and hopeless and who are hurting. And that's what John and Peter did here. They stopped and they helped this crippled beggar. Now, when I read this story, my heart goes out to this crippled man for a lot of different reasons. Can, can you imagine being crippled? The Bible says that he was 40 years old. This man was crippled from birth, the Bible tells us. Day after day, day after day, year after year, he's there in front of the uh, temple gate. And can you imagine the people walking by and the Bible says that he's there begging? I bet he's there begging. Will somebody please stop today? Will somebody please stop and see me today? Will somebody please stop and look at me today? Will somebody please just notice me? Here this man is. I wonder, I wonder how many people walk by this man on their way to the temple and never looked his way. I wonder how many people walk by that man thinking, well, the people behind me will stop or the person in front of me or somebody coming down the road behind me. They'll, they'll definitely stop. I wonder how many people just kept right on walking right on into the temple and bypassed this man. I wonder, after 40 years of laying there begging, I wonder if his cry for help had just been drowned out by the noise of this world that we live in. I wonder how many people we walk by every day. I wonder how many people I walk by and, and it's either we're too busy to stop or we think somebody else is going to stop or, or we just, uh, in our minds, we're just, the, the noise of the crowd that they're reaching out to us for help, we, we miss it. How many times? And you know, the Lord spoke to me yesterday afternoon. He said, you know, sometimes they don't even have to cry out for help. They don't even have to cry out for help. If you just look and see where they are, you'll see that they got a need in their life. I mean, you see the man, he's not able to walk. He's not able to move. He's just lying there. He, he, he has a need in his life. Who will stop and help him? 
I'll never forget the story of uh, Christian songwriter and singer Jason Crabb. Any of y'all ever heard of Jason Crabb before? Jason Crabb, he was at Falcon one year uh, preaching, and he told this story about how um, him and his daughter were driving, I think it was through Nashville on the street there. And while they were driving through Nashville, there was this homeless man there on the sidewalk kind of in the road, and he was, uh, you know, he was making a commotion, and, and his clothes were all filthy and nasty, and, and Jason was there in the car with his little daughter, and she looked at her daddy, and she said, Daddy, well, what's wrong with that man? And Jason Crabb replied to his little daughter, he said, Honey, that man needs Jesus. And she replied, Well, then why didn't we stop and give him Jesus? You know what Jason said? They went around the block and came back. But thank God, thank God, there's people like Peter and John. And thank God there's people like Jason Crabb and like people like you that are willing to stop and willing to make a difference in somebody's life by showing them compassion. Thank God. Because you know why we need to do that? There's a world that we live in today that are full of crippled people. Crippled people. And they're just waiting for somebody to reach out to them with compassion. They're waiting for somebody to reach out to them for help today. And they're begging somebody to stop. I know our community today, friend, listen to me. I know there's people here in this church today. I know our community is full of people who are crippled by life. People are crippled by worry. People are crippled by depression. People are crippled by addiction. People are crippled by their past. People are crippled by their own failures. People are crippled by anger and resentment. People are crippled by fear. People are crippled today by tragedy. And this man was crippled in life. And people, listen to me, church, there's people all around us today like that that are crippled by life. And when I think about this man He's unable to walk. He's unable to get up. People have to carry him. He's lying down on the ground, friend. He's down. He's living his life in the dirt. And friend, you can't get much lower than that. And he was low. He was very low in life. And let me just tell you right now, when you get that low in life, you can easily be discouraged and the devil will come in and begin to whisper to you that you're always going to be this way. It's never going to change and he will try to deceive you. And I've seen people many times that when we get so low in life, when we get so low and we don't know where to go, people will be desperate and they'll try anything to get back up again. I've seen it happen. People will try money to get them back up. A friend, money won't get you back up. I've seen people try to uh, buy all these material things. Let me go ahead and tell you right now, all the toys in the world won't get you back up. Seen people go to alcohol and drugs and, and friend, there's no pill or no drink that it gets you back up. I've seen people go out there and try to set their minds on doing something great and trying to accomplish something. Let me tell you, friend, success won't get you back up. And people will go from one relationship to another relationship hoping that that's going to fix them, friend. There's no relationship with anybody here, man or woman on this earth, that's going to be able to get you back up, friend. I've seen people try everything the world has to offer, and the world will never get you up. The world will leave you empty. The only one that can get you up, his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's the one that can get you up so you can walk again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's the one that can get you up, friend. The psalmist says, he takes me out of that miry clay, and he sets my feet on a rock, and he helps me walk again. Glory to God. 
Aren't you thankful today for that? I want to just tell you today, friend, Jesus, we've been singing it this morning. Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to deliver you. He came to help you. Listen to me. If you're here today and you're crippled in life, I want to proclaim to you with all of my heart, friend, listen, Jesus can take you up and bring you up and help you walk out of that dark place in your life. Please don't give up. Keep trusting in Jesus. Call on him. The devil's going to come to you and tell you that you're too far gone and he's going to say that God's finished with you. But friend, God is not finished with you. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ's return. He's working in you, friend. He's working in you. Don't you quit. And I know today, I want this church to be with Jesus. I want us to be with Jesus. I want us to take time every day to be with Jesus. Because we want to have the compassion of the Lord. Because you know why? We got family and we got friends that are, that are crippled right now. And, and, and some of them are begging and some of them don't know what's going on with them. But you know what they need? They need somebody to stop and just say, I love you and Jesus loves you. And be willing to lift them up by the hand and tell them that God can turn it around. Oh, Jesus. Help us to stop. Would you be willing to just slow down and stop? <laughs> That's the Lord talking to me. Be willing to listen. Be willing to love. But you got to stop. Get out of your world and just focus on people that are crippled in life. And be willing to lift them up and be willing to share the love of God with them. Because the love of God, when it fills your heart, you'll be able to speak words of hope. That's what Peter and John did. They were speaking words of hope. Can you imagine this man? He's been laying there day after day, year after year. And, and, and so, I mean, they could have said, you know what? Will you quit asking people for money? Will you quit begging for help? We're trying to get to the temple. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? We're trying to get to the Lord, but we're going to bypass you. Will you quit begging people and just leave us alone? Can you imagine on this day that they stop and there's two men that are full of the compassion of God and this man hears some words that he's never heard before? I can't give you money. I can't give you silver or gold, but I'm getting ready to give you what I got. And I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, you get up and walk. Can you imagine the hope that this man had who nobody's ever stopped before and told me about Jesus? Nobody's ever stopped and told me about Jesus. No, nobody's ever stopped and told me that I can get up and walk again. Can you imagine the hope that that man had that day. And friend, that's what I want this church to do. I want us to be able to go around and I want us to be able to look at those that are in our community and our families and our friends that are crippled and say, you know what? Today can be a new day for you. Today you can get back up and walk again. Today you can dream again. Today you can have hope again. Today you can dance again. Today you can shout again. But listen, don't you give up because Jesus can change your life. But it's going to take God filling us with his compassion. It's going to take us being with Jesus. When is the last time you've been with Jesus? You've got to spend time with him so he can fill your heart. You can have the heart of God. And the second thing I would tell you today, 
is that we need to have that evidence showing in our life of faith, great faith, strong faith. Listen, the Bible says that he went down there. Jason Lee, come here a minute, son. I want you to, I want you to lay down. Lay down on your back, son. Peter, can you imagine this man? He's unable to walk. He's unable to do anything for himself. And, and somebody's having to carry him back and forth to the temple. And the Bible says that Peter and John, they stop. And he's begging down there for money. And Peter says, look, I don't have anything to give you. But I'm getting ready to give you what I got. And I got Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, you get up. And he grabs him by the hand in faith and lifts this man up. And the Bible says, look, just take off and start jumping and leaping like you got Jesus. How Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what happened right there. That's exactly what happened. It was a hand that went out, but it was a hand of faith. Can you imagine the crowd around going into the temple? And here's Peter in faith, just grabbing this man and lifting him up in faith, declaring that with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. And all these people run around Peter and John, and they're like, you know what? Well, you, man, you guys are awesome, and I love Peter. Great faith, strong faith always points to Jesus. He says, it's not in our strength that we did this. This is, through, this is for the glory of Jesus. And friend, we got to have that kind of faith, friend. Listen, that's the kind of faith that we need. A faith that will say that with God, all things are possible. With God, nothing is too hard. And no matter how desperate your situation may look today and no matter how dark it might be, friend, if you'll just have faith, and sometimes you got to have faith for somebody who don't have no faith and just reach down there and start picking them up in prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus. They had faith. You know why they had faith? You know why Peter had faith? Because he had been with Jesus. John had that same faith. You know why? Can you imagine them walking together and they're with Jesus? And Jesus says, you know, fellas, if you'll have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you see that huge mountain in front of you, that, that mountain will be moved. They, they remember that. And they remember that time when they were with Jesus. And Jesus said, you know what? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And friend, listen to me. When you, when you need faith, you just need to be with Jesus. When you start struggling in your walk with the Lord and the devil wants you to start to doubt some things, you just need to spend some time with Jesus so he can build your faith up. Don't become discouraged. You just keep trusting in Jesus to help you. I love this story here. It's amazing how you read things and then you see it again and you never even noticed uh, as you've read it a hundred times before. Now listen, here's what faith to do for you. This man, this man that was crippled and, and on the ground, he, he wanted money. But you know what? The Bible says that he didn't get the money. He got his healing. And friend, that just tells me that by faith, friend, that the Lord will do far greater than what we could ever even want. We, we think it needs to work out this way, but God knows a better way. And God wants to do something far greater in your life today. Do you believe that? Do you have the faith to believe that? Some of us are just praying for this one little simple thing, but the Lord says, no, I'm, I'm getting ready to show you something even greater. I'm getting ready to show you something greater. You just have faith in me. Just have faith in me. 
Don't have faith in Peter. Don't have faith in the pastor. Don't have faith in the denomination. Don't have faith in a sermon. Don't have faith in a song. You have faith in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. Man, I said I was going to cut it short. Jesus, help me. Pastor Kevin, you can help me, brother. I know you and the Lord together. I want, I want to tell you, uh, I know this sounds so simple, but it really is simple. We make it all too hard. But we got to just have faith, friend, and you need to make sure that you're with Jesus because Jesus will build your faith. You take time every morning. Look, every day, every day, be with Jesus. Every day, this morning before I come to church, be with Jesus. This afternoon, before we go into a time of life study groups, you be with Jesus. Riding down the road, you can be with Jesus. Just be with Jesus. And he'll build your faith. When you open up the word of God and have your Bible open in front of you, that's when you begin to claim those promises of God and your faith is inspired and encouraged. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So may God help us to have the evidence of compassion and the evidence of strong faith. And the last thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you real quickly, is that we got to have boldness. We got to have boldness. If you read in this story here, it says at the very end that the, the religious leaders, they interviewed them. They interviewed these men, Peter and John. And it says when they looked at them, they saw really two fishermen who were just unschooled. That doesn't mean they didn't have an education. They just weren't uh, educated in the, in the uh, religious schools that these men had been through. They recognized them as unschooled, ordinary men. When they, and, and it says that they had been with Jesus, and it says that they, had, they saw great boldness. They saw great boldness. When people look at you, do they see great boldness? I don't mean that you're walking in their work and you're, you're, you're wreaking havoc on everybody and, and telling everybody they're going to hell. I'm talking about are you walking in a bold love, in a bold grace, in a bold mercy? Do you have a bold testimony where you're able to be, just let your light shine for Jesus? Because when they saw Peter and John, they, they, it says they saw their boldness and knew they had been with Jesus. If you need boldness this morning, you may need to be with Jesus. You're struggling telling people about the love of God. You're struggling uh, witnessing and sharing your faith. It could be that you just need to be with Jesus. Because when you're with Jesus, he'll make you bold. You know how I know this? Because of Peter and John. They, they brought them in. They brought them in and questioned them. Sent them back out and then tried to figure out what in the world we're going to do with these two. They had them brought back in. And then they just, man, they threatened them. They said, you will never use the name of Jesus. You'll never teach in the name of Jesus. And if you do, things are going to get worse for you. And the Bible says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and said, well, now wait a minute now. You're saying that we cannot use the name of Jesus anymore. That's right. And then Peter says, you know this miracle that was done today? It was done in the name of Jesus. <laughs> he said not only was it done in the name of Jesus, but listen, the only way you and you and you and you are ever going to have peace with God is through Jesus Christ. 
Because he's the only one that can forgive you of your sins because there's no name under heaven which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. Man, what boldness. What boldness. And friend, I'm telling you right now, we're living in a world today where the, the darkness and the evil was getting bold. And friend, God's people need to get bolder. Amen. We need to get bolder. We need to take a stand for the Lord. Stand with love. Be bold in love. They're trying to, they're trying to erase the name of Jesus from being used in, the, in this story here. And that same battle, that same threat is going on today. Take down your cross. Stop using the name of Jesus in prayer. I'm not going, don't put the picture up there yet, but I'll never forget the story of uh, Pastor E.W. Jackson. It was at Washington, D.C. and was invited there to a prayer breakfast. And they said, Pastor E.W., we need to see your prayer before you pray because you're not able to, you're not going to be able to use the name Jesus in your prayer. And he says, well, I'm not going to be able to pray. Because if I pray, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And one of uh, Pastor E.W.'s pastor, but he says, well, if he won't do it, I'll do it. And they said, all right, we'll let you do it. So that guy got up and prayed, and he prayed, and, at the very end he said, and in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to go ahead and ask for forgiveness later, right? I don't know if that's in the scriptures or not, but anyway. <laughs> but did you see the story of this gentleman here? Would you put that photo up for me? I don't know if y'all have seen this in the news this past week, but this is uh, Pastor uh, Robert Grant, Jr., and he was at the, uh, in the state of Virginia and, and was asked to come and lead a prayer to the lawmakers there in Virginia. And he came up to pray. I've watched the video. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. And this man of God stands up and he begins to, in his prayer time, in a loving way, he begins to remind these people in Virginia, these lawmakers, that if they continue to make laws that are contrary to the word of God, that they're going to face a judgment one day. And he begins to pray that God would forgive them and help them turn away from, uh, from making legal same-sex marriage and abortion. And he goes on and he goes on in his prayer. And friend, it's a loving prayer, but during the time he's praying at the very end, the people there, those lawmakers, some of them began to heckle him. Some of them began to shout out to him. And then finally, the, the one that's in charge of the meeting uh, slams the gavel down and just cuts him off right in the middle of his prayer and let, he never gets a chance to finish and they keep going on about their business but you know what when the world gets bold God's people need to get bolder and I appreciate that man's boldness I think we should thank God for people to understand we need to be bold bold as lions the Bible says will you stand with me please Everyone just bow your heads, please. Nobody looking around. If you need boldness, you have to be with Jesus. If you need love, you need to be with Jesus. If you need a strong faith today because you've been doubting, you need to be with Jesus. If you feel weak in any of these areas today, friend, right there where you are, you can just begin to call on the Lord and just ask Him to fill you with His compassion. He, you can ask the Lord today to give you that faith that you need to keep going and to help you have the boldness that you need that you know that when things get scary and things get dark 
and the evil begins to, to shine forth, that we can shine even brighter because we're bold as lions. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Friend, can I just encourage you, please? Don't, don't waste another breath. Because we've been reminded today that he died on a cross and that he was resurrected on the third day and he's alive. And friend, listen, he is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? I pray that you are, friend. And if you're not, right there where you are, you can just call on the name of the Lord. You can call on the name of the Lord. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and call on him and you too shall be saved. Friend, just repent right now. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I turn from that, those sins and I turn to you today, Lord, in faith. And I thank you for taking my place on the cross. I thank you for shedding your blood so my sins can be forgiven. And I thank you, Lord, that you're alive. And because you live, Lord, there's a promise for everlasting life for me. And today, right now, I've, I've been away from you, Lord, or I've never even made that decision. But today, I'm making a decision to give my life to you. Because I know you're coming back, and I want to be ready. I don't want to miss you, Lord. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. Because I want to be in heaven with you forever. Friend, if that's you, just pray right there where you are and just invite Christ into your life and, and make things right with him. Now, just say, I'm sorry, and I, I'm giving my life to you today, and I will follow you, and you'll be my Savior, and you'll be my Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision today, I pray that you'll come and see me or one of the pastors or one of the staff members here in the church or just let somebody know we have some information we'd like to give you to help you in your walk with the Lord. But listen, I, I pray to all of us to take time to be with Jesus. How many of y'all could use some of God's compassion in your life right now? Come on. Come on. Come, uh, listen. I'm going to tell you, I know this is the craziest thing in the world, but friend, I'm going to let you go, but I'm just having a hard time because I don't, I don't want us to miss anything that God's wanting to do in our life. But that one word I kept hearing last night and going in this morning is, will you, will you just take time to stop and be with people? Just, if I, don't, I didn't even bring my phone in, but if it was in here today, friend, maybe we could go to another level. Instead of just texting back and forth, maybe we could actually... Go to people and stop and spend time with them so we can have a conversation with them. We can pick up on things in their life and may we be willing to stop and show God's compassion. We could all use God's compassion. How many of y'all have been struggling before in your faith and you just need God to help you have a strong faith? How about a boldness? How about a boldness, you know? Walk into work and everybody around the break rooms cutting up and cussing and telling nasty jokes. Not at this job, not here, I'm just saying. See. <laughs> Jesus. It's amazing how you can say things. 
But Lord, help us to have the boldness to be able to say, you know what? Let's, let's don't do that anymore. Let's don't use the Lord's name in vain no more. Right there where you are, let me just pray for you. Dear God, I pray for this church, my family here. I love them so much. And Lord, I know you love them, Lord. You love them, Lord, that you demonstrated, God, that on the cross, God. And we thank you today, God. And, and I just pray, Lord, and ask in your name right now, God, that we would be with you. God, every day we would take time to be with you. And you would fill us, God, with your compassion. You would fill us today, God, with your faith. God, a strong faith. And God, that you would fill us with boldness, God. That we would be willing to be bold in love and bold in faith and bold in our witness. God, we need your help today. And it can all happen as we spend time with you. And God, I pray blessing upon each and every one here today. And Lord, if there's anyone here, Lord, that's made that decision to follow you, I pray that you'll just guide them. And God, seal that seed, God, and help it to grow. In Jesus' name we pray.